Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Game day? That's our day. And it is finally here. We got some real deal college football games to talk about. We got Florida at Utah tonight. Got some final thoughts for you in that one. I'm so fired up because all offseason long, it's been this countdown of X number of days till we get to week one. X number of days till we get to actual football games happening, competitive football games happening, and we're here. All right, so let's lock and load, baby. Got a big show today. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023. Going to give you our final thoughts on all things week one. We predicted these games already earlier in the week. Got a few more thoughts I want to get out there. Utah, it sounds like, will be without Cam Rising tonight. It's a big blow for the Utes, and Vegas thinks so too, as that number's kind of starting to move. We'll break that down. Also going to talk about Florida State and LSU that's playing on Sunday night. Got some thoughts on the Clemson defense. I got some more thoughts. I want to make sure we get out there, get ahead of this whole week one madness that's about to be upon us. I'm talking fast because I'm excited, man. Here we go. Also want to make sure we talk about some things that we cannot take the bait on. And when I say don't take the bait, I mean we all have seen this for miles now. We've, we've seen this coming for a minute. After the games conclude on Monday night, there's going to be a lot of very broad, overarching, definitive, big statements about your team, about different players. We're going to probably crown a Heisman Trophy winner after week one. I want us to get on the same page to not take the bait on those specific things because we know they're coming. We already know it's going to happen, but I want us to make sure we're aligned on that. Took to Twitter. I guess we're, we're calling it X now. We're getting there. We're starting to call it X Asked y'all what are going to be the headlines after week one wraps up. Y'all came out in full force. Got a lot of really interesting ones I want to break down. If you're not yet following me on those platforms, would encourage you to do so because we involve y'all in the show as much as possible. So we appreciate you in advance for that. Also, we like to get excited around here. We've been accused of being too positive, which I think is just a weird thing in general to talk about. But we've been accused of that, so we're going to lead into that. What are some things that we are juiced for in week one? What are some things that we just cannot wait to see on our television screen or partake in during game day? Whatever it is, we're going to talk about that as well and get fired up. I say this every single time because we have a lot of y'all that are new. So one, welcome. We're super glad you're here. Two, we love college football so much. You love college football so much. That's why you're here. That's why you're part of this show. We do college football and only college football all year round. Okay, We don't take a break when the games end. We don't... Take a vacation when, you know, there's a sleepy part of the year, quote unquote. It's a year-round deal. We're a year-round deal. We're glad to have you here. Also, we love college football and only college football. We're not going to mix in any other agenda or any other 
narratives that, that don't have to do with what we love. It's ball and it's only ball right here. So we're glad to have you tuned in. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video. We're on podcast, all that in a bag of chips. We can't waste any more time. Because if you're listening on podcasts, there's a good chance that these final thoughts as it pertains to Florida and Utah may be dated because the game may have already happened. But nonetheless, let's jump right into it, baby. Our final thoughts heading into week one of the college football season. Want to make sure we get out in front of some of these talking points before they get here. But with Florida, Utah, it sounds like Utah will be without Cam Rising. Kind of thought that might be the case throughout the week. Also, if you were to get Cam Rising, what version of him were you going to get effectiveness-wise? Regardless of that, he will probably not be playing. You're probably getting Bryson Barnes. So the line is moving a little bit here in Vegas in favor of Florida. And if I'm Florida, if I'm a Florida fan even, I would expect my team to be twice as aggressive as they were going to be already. Because defensively, if you can shake Bryson Barnes' confidence, if you can make him see ghosts, to go to that whole Sam Darnold narrative, you kind of get him mixed up and he starts losing confidence and he's all out of sorts, that will impact the rest of your game. I'm coming out swinging if I'm Florida defensively. On the flip side of that, offensively, I want to put pressure on them to score points. I'm dialing up all the trick plays. I'm taking shots deep. And Florida wants to play game control in this game. I mean, both teams do, to be real with you. But if Florida draws first blood and they get up, let's say, 13-0, 10-0, whatever you want to put there, then you can actually start to play game control. Then you can really let Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson kind of wear down that Utah defense. So that'll be important. Now for Utah, defensively, we don't have Cam Rising playing quarterback, so we're going to lean on y'all now, all right? You know what the deal is. You're, you're going to have to hold it down here for a couple of quarters for a couple of reasons. One, might take a second for Bryson Barnes to get comfortable. Now, he could go out there and just start slinging it and look like an absolute pro, and that would be a great way to live, but conventional wisdom would tell you, hey, big spot, first game of the year. You are the starting quarterback. We might need to ease you in just a little bit. Okay, that's fine. Defense, hold it down. Because what I just said with Florida, with them coming out swinging, you might need to eat a few punches. You might need to get in the red zone and hold them to three instead of seven. Like that might be the world you have to live in. If you can get it to the fourth quarter, I think that's the way that Utah would want to live because then Jaquindon Jackson can start to wear down and that physical identity of Utah and the experience of Utah can start to show itself a little bit more. So that's the, the key thing for Utah. Get it to the fourth quarter. Defense, eat some punches early. They're going to come out swinging. Hang in there, all right? So this is going to be a phenomenal game. I cannot wait to watch this one. Going to be an absolute movie of a game. Big week for the quarterbacks. Big week for the quarterback battles, I should say, all across the country, specifically at Alabama and Ohio State. Now, at the time of us being live, there is no depth chart for who's going to take that first snap at Alabama. Ohio State's already said, hey, Kyle McCord's going to be the starter, quote-unquote. Devin Brown's also going to play. The reality is this is a fluid situation at both schools. Okay, there's no decision made definitively at Ohio State. Definitely no definitive decision at Alabama. And so the eye test here is going to be very important. And the eye test, it's, it's tricky because you can't necessarily quantify it in the box score, but you just know it when you see it. Sometimes the box score tells us a story as a whole too, but you, you can kind of tell, okay, who gives the offense the most juice? Like last year is a great example at Michigan. J.J. McCarthy, Cade McNamara. At the end of that three-game sample size, you were like, yeah, J.J. McCarthy is clearly the guy. But Cade McNamara won a Big Ten title for him and all that, and that was why I was truthfully in the Cade McNamara camp because of the experience he had there, because he was the guy, because he led you to all those great things. But when you watched J.J. McCarthy and what he brought to the offense, you were like, yeah, men lie, women lie, tape don't lie. And the tape wasn't lying there. What does the tape say, though, about Alabama and about Ohio State in these spots for the quarterbacks? For Alabama, what I'm watching in terms of who gives the offense the most juice is different than what you're watching at Ohio State. Because for Alabama, it truly is just substance over flash. That's the way it is at Bama. There's no exception this year. The offensive philosophy, we've talked about it a few times here, they are going to go Python mode on you. They want to squeeze the life out of you defensively, and then the offense apply pressure, and the offense finish the deal right there. So that's offensive line play making you say uncle is the whole approach there. So for the quarterback, we need you to make all the throws, like don't limit, limit us in the pass game, be able to make the deep shot to Malik Benson and Isaiah Bond and all that. We need you to still have that gear available, 
but potentially as important, don't give the ball to the other team. Do not mess up the good thing we got going here. We're, we're playing a low margin for error kind of football game. Put us in position to succeed. Make the throws. Don't be the governor, but do be kind of the field general for us. Is that Jalen Milrow? Is that Ty Simpson? A lot of people in Tuscaloosa calling for Dylan Lonergan. You love to see it. Probably not this year. Tyler Buckner, he transferred from Notre Dame. He's familiar in the system. The eye test will tell us, okay, who gives the offense Again, the most juice, but even more so, who leads the most scoring drives is really what I'm watching for. And are you the reason why we're scoring? Are you the guy that's extending the play on third and six and finding a way to get that first down with your legs or finding your check down when the blitz comes at you and we, we, we find a way to get there? Like, that's what I'm really watching for. Are you the reason why we score touchdowns on drives? Doesn't have to have four touchdown passes. Doesn't have to have two touchdowns rushing. Are you the reason why we score touchdowns? Big thing to watch to Alabama. Now at Ohio State, a little bit of a different eye test, right? Because we, we know what that offense is supposed to look like. Against Indiana, at Indiana, you'll get a good road test, quote-unquote. I mean, you'll, you'll be on the road. I mean, the line, I think, is somewhere close to 29 points, so you're favored. Uh, but my big question is, do we get to go just Jason Aldean mode? We're doing the show from Nashville. We got a little bit of country music influence, just by osmosis into the studio. And there's a great song by Jason Aldean, I think it's called The Only Way I Know. And the chorus says, full throttle, wide open. That is how Ohio State wants to play football. That is how this Ohio State offensive system is supposed to work. It's a Ferrari. We know you got Mayan Williams. You know you got Travian Henderson. Marvin Harrison Jr., I talked about Brock Bowers being the alien that the government hasn't told us about. Marvin Harrison Jr. is in that exact same category. There's no shot that dude is from planet Earth. That's how good he is on the outside. So we got two five-star quarterbacks who allows us to really open it up and maximize on all that talent, maximize on the potential of what this offense can be. Going back to what I said at the top of this segment, we've seen what the Ohio State offense can be with these skill players. We've seen how it's supposed to look with C.J. Stroud running the show. I'm not asking Devin Brown or Kyle McCord to be C.J. Stroud. I'm just asking you to steer this Ferrari and let us go 100 miles an hour like we want to offensively. That's crucial because Ohio State, they're built to win a national title. They made the right ad through the portal on defense, They've got freakish players at the skill position. They've got a five-star quarterback, whichever one they want to pick. They're built to win a national title. Who's going to give them the best chance to do that? Whoever allows them to open it up, go pedal to the metal, and capitalize on what they have offensively. So keep an eye out for that. Now, North Carolina, South Carolina is in Charlotte. College game day is going to be there. That will be phenomenal. I can't wait for that. But I have something I want to make sure we get out in the open here as it pertains to this game. I picked South Carolina to win the football game. I'm not backing down from that pick. I believe North Carolina is still favored. I want to make sure we say this. Even if the path is a little bit more narrow in terms of ways North Carolina could win this football game, in my opinion, Drake May is 1 million percent capable of walking out there and just winning that football game on his own. We talk about who's not playing for North Carolina at the wide receiver position. We talk about what they don't have on the back end. We talk about what they don't have on defense. Drake May is a special player. He may just decide that he's him on Saturday, and that might be all she wrote. I love Coach Beamer. I love Spencer Rattler. I love what they got going over there. But that just might be the great equalizer. That might just be the ace up the sleeve for Mac Brown and company is Drake May. So we're picking South Carolina, but I want to make sure we get it out there. Drake May is good enough to win this football game all on his own. Now, on the other side of things, though, for South Carolina, there's been so much made about Spencer Rattler, and we'll talk about him a little bit later in this live show because one of y'all asked a question or had a headline, rather, about him. But I think we see a relatively clean game from him. The reason why I say that, this offense, from what we're hearing out of Gamecock Central, the South Carolina on three side, they do great work over there, do Wes Mitchell and the boys. It sounds like this approach offensively is going to be much more streamlined under Dow Loggins than what they had under Marcus Satterfield. And I say that not to take a shot at Marcus Satterfield, but just to, I think, give kudos to what Dow Loggins is doing. There was a conversation last year that maybe South Carolina had too many things on their plate as an offense. Like when you try to do too many things well, you end up just doing some of them good. And when you do some of them good, that doesn't equate to what you want to get on a Saturday afternoon. Because to, to win football games in the SEC, it takes great. 
And we saw a lot of great at the end of the year from South Carolina. But with Dow Loggins running the show now, it sounds like they've kind of shrunk the menu. What do we do well? Spencer Rattler, what do you like? We're going to give you some, some control here in the offense. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that really well. Do simple things extremely effectively. That's the approach now for South Carolina. So keep an eye on that. I think he throws maybe one interception. It is week one after all. But I just I think as a whole, we're going to see Spencer Rattler be much improved this coming season. Now, the game of the weekend, the long weekend rather, Florida State LSU in Orlando. We all know what happened last year in New Orleans. It came down to the final play even feels like the wrong word because it was an untimed down. But the final snap of the football Florida State blocks the extra point after LSU scores to end regulation. I mean, if you're watching at home, the the emotions were probably all over the place. This game means more to LSU. And I don't say that to knock either school. I just mean when you look at the climb for both these teams, either one could drop this game and find a way to accomplish all their goals and still win their conference and still get to the college football playoff. But the climb for LSU, should they lose this one, you're looking up that mountain saying, we still got to play Bama. Holy smokes. We still got to play the rest of our SEC schedule. We still got Texas A&M. We still got, I mean, like you just go down. We still got Ole Miss. Like you don't love the trajectory and how much more steep that mountain becomes if you drop the first game of the season. Now, Florida State, that's not to take anything away from them. And I think Florida State, they, they don't want to drop this game, right? Because then you lose your mulligan as well, but you still have a little bit of a more, more manageable course. Yes, you play Clemson. Yes, you play whoever you would end up getting there in the ACC title game. I think a lot of people believe that would be Clemson. But for LSU, make no mistake, the stakes are just a touch higher for the good people in Baton Rouge. Now, for Florida State, though, I want to get this out there before we get rolling. I think this is the game where the entire world gets introduced to Keon Coleman because he was a big name in Big Ten country. He was the best player on Michigan State's roster a season ago, was going to be the guy ends up hitting the portal, ends up going to Tallahassee. They're so glad they have him. But I think on Sunday night, even though I think LSU is going to have a good game plan in place, there is nobody on that roster in the secondary, from what I'm looking at, that can hang with Keon Coleman one-on-one. And if I'm Matt House, I know that. I'm saying, okay, we got to get home then. We got to go get after Jordan Travis and try and speed up that shot clock for him. Well, when you speed up the shot clock, when you blitz some guys, What happens is you have less numbers on the back end typically, so you have more one-on-one coverage. And so Keon Coleman in one-on-one, I mean, that's his ball is what I want to make sure we say. He's six foot four, 215 pounds. If you watch his highlights when he was at Michigan State, he's just playing above the rim like it's his job. Keon Coleman is going to get his. Regardless of who you think winning the game, I think Keon Coleman has a big-time night in Orlando on Sunday night. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. But man, week one is here. I've said it all week long. The time for talking is way behind us. Week one is absolutely here. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait. So those are our final thoughts. Let's play some ball, y'all. To quote my favorite movie, Remember the Titans. Now with ball, we got some some other picks we got to make here. Because prize picks is bringing you the hard count today. And I want to kind of break this down. I got some picks for the season that I want us to unpack just a little bit. If you don't know prize picks, they're a daily fantasy game. And you can essentially take more or less on certain players and their stats on a weekly basis. I put some in for the season and for this week. I want to unpack them just a little bit. But the great part about them, you don't have to hit all your picks to get 100% of your money. If you hit all your picks in a power play fashion, you get a more multiplied percentage of your money but if you do a flex play you can do like hit two out of three and still get a pretty good return so got some flex plays got some power plays but the, the ones that I like for this season I have a power play with Quinn Ewers more than 24 and a half touchdowns on the season with Joe Milton 24 and a half touchdowns on the season they're both going to sling it around they're both going to be quarterback friendly offenses they're both going to be relied upon to score a lot of points this coming season I love that play for the year I'm telling you both those dudes if, if you put down, let's say, $20 in a power play, you make three times that, you get $60 out. So play as you want to. You can still get those into prize picks with the prize picks app. Get a membership. Redeem code JD for 100% match on your deposit up to $100. So keep that in mind. Shout out to prize picks. Now, the plays that I like today, though, we got some that are going to happen actually before we even get into Saturday. And so I like 
Haynes King to have less than 191 and a half pass yards against Louisville. Haynes King now at Georgia Tech. I just don't think they're going to open it up quite that much. I'm still a little bit conservative on Hayes King. Brennan Armstrong, quarterback at Virginia. No, no, no. Quarterback now at NC State reunited with his former OC, Robert and I at NC State, and they play UConn. The, the number for him is two and a half total touchdowns. I like the more there. I really do. I mean, I think he's going to probably have two rushing. I think he has one passing. I mean, some variation, he's getting the three total touchdowns. Take the more on that. Now, the combo, this is a cool thing about price picks as well. You can do a combo stat here, and I have a combo for tonight's game with Florida-Utah. I got Trevor Etienne and Jaquindon Jackson combining for more than 114 and a half rush yards it's going to be ground and pound it's going to be game control they're going to ride both these backs yes they split some carries i understand that but i think getting over to 114 and a half rushing yards getting more than 114 and a half rushing yards together getting past that number i like it a lot so i like all those plays again prize picks download the app daily fantasy easy withdrawals you're going to want to make sure you're locked in with us because they're bringing the heat for us all season long. Again, redeem code JD for a 100% match on your deposit up to 100 bucks. Appreciate prize picks. Appreciate them making it happen. Man, let's get after it. Let's get absolutely after it. On a side note, you will be able to bet with us here. I'm not bet with us. You'll be able to tail our bets here on the hard count, tail my bets here on the hard count. We, we toyed with this last year in terms of doing video content for y'all on that. And, and what we kind of came out to was, yes, there's, there's a, a portion of our audience that cares about making gambling picks, and that's fine. But I'm going to put my picks actually on my Instagram page and nowhere else. So follow me at JD Paquel. We take part in against the suits, trying to take back what's ours from the suits in Vegas. If you took part last year, you made some money. And you also know what we're talking about. If not, follow me at JD Paquel on Instagram. And we'll, we'll all get rich together. It'll be a beautiful thing. Retire on an island after the end of the year. Well, a lot of y'all. But we, we will still do this because uh, we would do this even if we didn't make anything. But don't tell anybody that. All right. Now, as we get rolling here, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're locked in. Make sure you like the video. Thank you so much for that. We got to talk about some overreactions that are, without a doubt, going to be out into the open for a lot of people. I'm going to tweet this out so people get to, get to know what we got going on. There's going to be a lot of overreactions uh, going into this season based on what happens from week one. Some were from week zero, but I want us to all kind of get aligned here and to be able to guard against that because we know these voices will be loud. They'll be from national outlets. They'll make a lot of sense in a one-game sample size, but one-game sample size is not an accurate sample size for the entirety of the season. And I think the game here in Nashville, Tennessee and Virginia, is a phenomenal example of that. We got Joe Milton going to be the guy for Tennessee this coming season and I expect him to do phenomenal things like I already told y'all about the reaction for him is going to be extremely quick if he overshoots any wide receiver because everyone all season long if you're anti Joe Milton you usually fall somewhere into the argument of well yeah he's got a big arm yeah he can throw an orange 90 yards that's impressive but can he can he dial it in is he accurate does he have any touch I don't think so. Like they're, they're just waiting to say something about that. I promise you it'll happen on Sunday if he overshoots any wide receivers. I want us to understand this. Joe Milton has much less margin for error in the public perception when he overthrows a wide receiver than any other quarterback in college football, in my opinion. Like an, over, an overthrow from Joe Milton gets more of a reaction than from anybody else because of his track record and because of him being benched at, Mich at Michigan and at Tennessee previously. Like, my big thing with this now is we've seen Joe Milton be accurate with the deep ball. Like, we, we all saw it. It was on national television against Clemson. We saw him dialed in. So just because people are going to say, well, he's going to overthrow Joe, he's going to be this, he's going to be that, he's just a big arm, not accurate. We, what, are, what are you saying? We saw this against Clemson. We've seen him do this now. Let's not be prisoner of the moment. Also, I want us to understand this is a timing thing. It's not an ability thing. You can go and work the deep ball after practice. You work that all off season. You work that all fall camp. You're going to work through that all season long. So let's not just take the one thing we see from a game, if he does have any overthrows, and say, yep, Joe Milton, same old Joe Milton, selling my Tennessee stock this year. They're going to say it. Even if he throws for three touchdowns and no interceptions and he's out by halftime. 
And the other part of this is you have the number one player in the entire country from the 2023 cycle and Nico Iamaliava, according to us here at On3 at least, he's going to be on the bench. He's waiting in the wings. A lot of people are excited for Nico time, and I am too. I cannot wait for him to be the guy in Knoxville. But Joe Milton is the guy this year. He's earned it. He gives you the best chance to win football games. And he may have himself a tremendous year. That's how I feel about it. So don't listen to the noise. Joe Milton's going to be just fine. Let's not get caught up in the overreaction. Another thing I want to talk about here, if USC has any issues on defense against Nevada, you will hear a lot of what you heard this past weekend from their performance against San Jose State. And I'm not here to make excuses for USC. I'm absolutely not here to tell you that the USC defense is going to be like top 15 in the country or they're going to be elite or they're going to carry the the Trojans to the college football playoff. Not claiming any of that. I'm just here to say, one, it's week one. It is their second game. We saw them rotate a lot of young bucks against San Jose State. They weren't overly worried about San Jose State. Was there some busted coverages? For sure. Yeah, they had some issues. But to make a definitive statement two games in on what USC's defense is going to be is a bit knee-jerky. They've got more talent on the defensive line now. They've got a lot better personnel overall on that defense. We have two data points. If they struggle against Nevada, and struggle is probably even the wrong word to use, if they have some plays that you see tweeted out into the internet and they're saying, well, look at the USC defense here, look at them missing tackles, look at them having a busted coverage, I'm not worried because it doesn't matter till October. So let's give them this runway now. It's going to be experimental, I think, until they play Notre Dame week seven. But I'm just saying, two games is not enough to provide evidence that there's a real issue. Now, you have enough to, to talk about it and make a case, but it doesn't provide like convincing evidence in my mind. So keep an eye on that with USC. Let's be slow to be definitive there. Another thing here, if Florida State or LSU wins convincingly in Orlando, and I say convincingly in like, let's say it's a 10-point win for either side. Let's go a step further. Let's say they win by 13 points. Okay, so almost two touchdowns. There's going to be a lot of conversation, a big narrative saying, well, we were wrong about and insert the losing team there. Well, LSU, they must have not really been that good. Well, Florida State, maybe they're not that good. That's just not true. We are not wrong about either of these teams right now. It wouldn't surprise me if the loser of this game found their way in the college football playoff because they have so much talent and even more so, they have proven experienced production. Florida State, number one team in the country when it comes to returning production. LSU, the roster speaks for itself. Harold Perkins burst on the scene last year. A quarterback back in Jaden Daniels. Josh Williams, like you go down the line here. Will Campbell, got the number seven jersey, playing tackle for you. You hear what I'm saying? There's so much talent, so much ability, and so much leadership in both these locker rooms. What happens game one does not need to define their season. I don't think we should define them based on game one either. Because even if it does end up being a one-sided game, and I'm not predicting that. I predicted the opposite, actually, when it comes to Florida State LSU. But when it comes to what this game will be, even if it is one-sided, that is one result out of a thousand results that could have potentially happened in this game. And I think the other 999 likely have the game being pretty close. So large degree of variance here. I just want us to understand the box score here. We can't just define LSU or Florida State as being overhyped or, you know, just all flash, no substance. So both these teams going to be really good this year, regardless of what happens in game one. They're going to be really good. Last thing I want to talk about here, let's not give away the Heisman Trophy in week one. We know that. You know that. If you watch the show, I'm sure you're dialed in. I want us to really just make sure we tell everybody else that. I want us to bring the rest of the college football public in with us because it happens every single year. Someone balls out week one. Someone has a tremendous first showing. And you see all these headlines on every single network saying, are they going to win the Heisman Trophy? Hey, who's first in the Heisman Trophy race? It's week one is what I would answer to that. It's, it's week one. It's a November award. We all know that. This, this award isn't won until the last four games of the season and then probably the conference championship more often than not is baked into that. We're not giving away the Heisman Trophy in week one. So when people try and tell you, hey, who's, who's in your Heisman Trophy power rankings? Like, quiet down. Quiet down. We, we haven't even got to October yet. What do you mean who's in the Heisman Trophy race? Denard Robinson, one of my favorite players in college football history, 
Remember what we were saying about him when he was just a runaway Heisman winner and he was putting up ridiculous numbers? Again, I love Denard Robinson, but I think that's a good case study on why we don't give away the Heisman in September and August. So let's not take the bait. A couple of things here we want to be aligned on. And if you're watching this show, you're already a junkie. You're already probably about that life when it comes to college football. Let's make sure we keep everybody else on the same page and we'll keep this party rolling. All right, roll party roll. How about that? Now, a lot of y'all have asked before we move on here. A lot of y'all have asked, JD, how do I win a program shirt? I don't see him for sale anywhere. I don't, I don't know how to get one of those. And I kind of went back and forth on how we should go about making these available to be one. And I think what I landed on is it's probably going to change week to week. Okay, so it's not going to be a thing where we go the length of the season unless we find something that we really love and that y'all are crushing it at, and then we'll, then we'll stick with that. But I want to make sure we announce right now how to win one of these. This is not original. There's a lot of other shows, a lot of other platforms that have done this, but I want to try our hand at it and see what happens. All right, so if you get a sign having to do with the hard count on college game day and you provide evidence, like we provide like a picture of the broadcast and send it to me on Twitter or shoot it to me on Instagram at Judy Pakel, we will send you a program shirt. Send me your size. We'll make it happen. All right. So again, I'm not pretending this is like our original idea. A lot of other folks have done this throughout different shows and through different social media pages. And I love it. I think it's a great idea. And I want to try our hand at it. So with that being said, the ball is now in your court. That is how you win a program shirt for this coming week. We'll reevaluate next week. We'll go forward. Again, this is not the plan forever, but this is the plan for this week. And I can't wait to see what y'all do because we got a lot of a lot of good people in the Carolinas that watch the show. And so we appreciate y'all rocking with us. And if you're going to be in Charlotte, get a sign on there. Get a hard count sign on there, on three sign on there, whatever it ends up being. Picture from the broadcast, shirt coming your way. All right. Thank you so much. So very important to be following on the socials for that reason so we can get in contact and interact and all that. But also very important because we want to involve y'all in the show as much as possible. So Twitter, X, Instagram, at Jody Paquel is the bottom line there. So I asked y'all earlier this week, what are going to be the headlines when it comes to next week? Like after week one, the dust settles, what is going to be the big headlines that we walk away with? And y'all answered in full force as you always do. So I want to break down a few of them and just kind of talk about the impact they could have on the college football landscape. And one of you said, DJU, DJ Uwe, Angalale, looks like what we all expected him to be. And the impact of this would be tremendous. To rewind the tape a little bit, DJ Uwe Ungalale coming out of St. John Bosco High School in Southern California. The school that I played against actually quite a bit growing up playing at Orange Lutheran High School, neither here nor there. Really good team, St. John Bosco, DJ Uwe Ungalale, really good quarterback. One of the most sought after prospects in his class. And it was down to, I think it was Oregon, I think it was Clemson going back and forth and, and where he might be going was the narrative. Ends up picking Clemson. The college football world erupted. Like, it was such a big deal when he ended up picking Clemson. Tons of ability. I believe he was a five-star kid. It was a very big deal when he chose Clemson. And then you keep going throughout his college career, and he gets into that game against Notre Dame. No Trevor Lawrence. DJ Uyungle is out there. Goes for over 400 yards. And that was pretty much the only meaningful action we saw from him. Even though they lost that game, you left that one saying, all right, Clemson's got the next one in the wings. <laughs> Clemson's got their next guy. And then what happened happened with his time at Clemson. It was unfortunate. But if he ends up looking like what he was projected to be out of high school, that would mean a couple of things. The first is it would be a horrible look for Clemson. Because DJ Uyungle even talked to the Athletic about it and was like, yeah, I wasn't a fan of some things we did offensively. I don't think he was throwing shade. I think it was being honest. And so if he goes out and balls at Oregon State, it's like, hmm, same quarterback, different place. What changed? You know what I'm saying? I'm not throwing shade at Dabo either. I just think that would be an indictment on the offensive system, which, of course, is no longer in place. So it is what it is. But it would speak volumes to us being right originally about who DJ Uyunglele is as a college quarterback. The other thing for Oregon State, if he lives up to that billing of what he was out of high school, of what he was in 2020 against Notre Dame, throwing over 400 yards. Oregon State, hear me clearly, Oregon State has a chance not just to win the Pac-12, and that goes without saying. It's anybody's conference. There's that. Oregon State has a real shot to make the college football playoff if DJ Uwe Ungalale becomes the version we saw in 2020 against Notre Dame. 
I don't buy the defense is going to have issues. I know they bring back about half their production from last year. I think the identity of this team is so solid. And I think they're so well coached with Jonathan Smith. I think DJU playing at that level would make them that kind of team. So I can't wait to watch it. A tremendous headline from one of y'all. Thank you for getting that in there. Next one from Nike Morvell. This is one of the, this is one of my favorite handles I've seen during the segment. So thank y'all for getting after it on the handle side of things. Uh, Florida State is back back is how they say it. So if that's the headline we're having, that leads me to believe that Florida State went. Remember the Titans on LSU left no doubt it was definitive I don't know what the score would be in this situation but I think if we're saying they're back back we're like okay I saw what I needed to see from Florida State to be in on the Knolls in this coming season if that's the case I start looking at the path of Florida State and one of y'all got at me actually on Instagram as well and asked about this like hey if they beat LSU are they going undefeated I'm not going to just call my shot right now and say that but when you look at the schedule Okay, who's the next best team you're going to play from a roster standpoint? I understand you got to bring it every game. Anybody can beat anybody. That's why we love college football. But when you're looking down the path, you see Clemson at Clemson, which is difficult. But if you make it definitive against LSU, the confidence that builds, the perception of Florida State, I mean, is there a tremendous gap between Clemson and LSU? I don't know, but I feel like they're pretty similar as we sit here August 31st. You would feel really good about your chances to go wire to wire if it's definitive against LSU now again we're not overreacting but if that's the way we're talking about Florida State I think that would be a fair conversation to start to have now to be clear they could drop that game against Clemson in week four and still get to the ACC title game run it back probably play Clemson again again as we sit here the last day of August and avenge that loss and potentially find themselves in the college football playoff so they may not have to go wire to wire but if Florida State is back back, I start talking about them in a different way, I think, than we are right now because of what that would have meant with how they played against LSU. So that's a great headline. I'm excited to watch that one. Excited to watch that game on Sunday. Obviously, the game of the entire weekend in my mind. Now, Razor got at us on X and says, Rattler has arrived. That's their headline. I'll just be totally transparent here. I would love this. I would love this. And if you are not just a total anti-South Carolina individual, meaning you probably root for North Carolina or NC State or Clemson or whoever, if you don't hate South Carolina by nature of your fanhood, which we respect, you would love this too. Because think about all that this dude has been through, not just since he got to college. Think about as a high school senior, the whole Netflix doc and our perception of him when he was like 18 years old. Yeah, nobody had it together at 18. Spencer Rattler was no exception. Gets to Oklahoma, has that great season after redshirting, and then he has all this hype about being the number one pick and about winning the Heisman Trophy, and then he gets benched in the rivalry game in the most visible way possible with Caleb Williams coming into the game. One, Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams, so I think we kind of look at that situation differently now. But just the adversity he's had to go through throughout his college career leading up to this moment if he ends up being able to live up to what we were saying about him after that game against Florida, when we were talking about him being a Heisman Trophy guy and number one overall pick, let's just say he cements himself as a really good quarterback in the SEC, one of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC. You'd feel great for Spencer Rattler, first of all. So, so there's that. It also probably means there's a lot of help around him. I think it means that Spencer Rattler got help defensively. They didn't have to score every possession. I think it also means that he got help up front with the run game, with the offensive line. He was better protected. Also, he just made better decisions. So everything sort of works in harmony. But I think you look around Spencer Rattler because last year they did not run the football well. They did not protect him well. Both those things I think would have had to happen for Spencer Rattler to, quote, arrive. It probably also means that he got dimes against North Carolina. So leave that as it is. But what I think about, if this is the case, how are we looking at that game against Georgia? Right? How are we looking about the game where South Carolina goes to Athens, Georgia, lines it up with the back-to-back national champs, ton of pressure on them. South Carolina's playing free. They're not supposed to win that game. They weren't supposed to win the game against Tennessee or Clemson either. Remember that? So if Spencer Rattler ends up being the guy that we believe he could be, what we believed he could be out of high school, 
how differently do we view that game? How differently does Georgia view that game? Because we had Rusty Mansell of Dogs HQ right here on this very show. We asked him, Rusty, how do you beat Georgia? Looked us dead in the eyes and said, you got to have matchups on the outside. Well, if Spencer Rattler is dealing like he is in this scenario, and Juice Wells is playing how he played at the end of last year, that could be a ball game. Not predicting it. I'm just saying that game gets much more intriguing if we get that version of Spencer Rattler. So a great headline. I'd be excited to watch that one. I, I keep saying I'd be excited to watch it. I'd be excited to watch all of these, man. It's college freaking football. You love it. We love it, man. Let's go. All right. Last headline from one of y'all. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, leave week one with quarterback concerns. Now, we talked about this just a little bit a couple segments ago right here on the live show. I would be slow to buy into this kind of headline. I'd be slow to believe there's a real concern at quarterback with any of those position rooms. And the reason why, first of all, it's week one. Okay, so first time out of the gate, adrenaline's running. Week one isn't necessarily a great sample size for what you're going to be the rest of the season. It's still important. It's still crucial to what you're going to do the rest of the season, but it doesn't define you, okay? Also, how it's, it's very hard to get in an actual rhythm, especially for Ohio State and Alabama, because they're going to play multiple quarterbacks. Like, as a quarterback, you kind of ease into the game. You figure out a defense. You start to get more comfortable. It's hard to trade drives or it's hard to trade quarters or trade halves, whatever it ends up being with how they rotate these guys in there. It's hard to get in a real rhythm. And so I think that probably limits just a little bit how effective some of these guys will be able to be this first week because they're not going to be able to go drive for drive and say, oh, we messed up on that last drive. Okay, well, in this next drive, let's adjust it. I'll know what I'm looking at. I'll be more comfortable. I'll be in a rhythm. I'll be in a flow. Let's get after it. Now, the Georgia situation is different. I mean, I don't think you're probably trading series, but even still, it's week one like I was talking about. I don't know that the whole playbook is open to you either. For all these teams, like they should roll in week one. For all these teams, I mean, they're all heavy favorites. They should be able to be just fine. So I don't think you're showing, you know, your favorite pass concepts right away. It's probably bread and butter, probably the basics. Show as little as possible, score as many points as possible. Let's get out of here is probably the attitude for a lot of these teams. Other reason why I'm not worried, other reasons why this, this headline wouldn't scare me, tons of quarterback in all these rooms. Like the right guy is in these rooms. How long it takes to find him, I don't know. But even at Alabama, let's say it's not Jalen Miller. Let's say it's not Tyler Buckner. Let's say it's not Ty Simpson. Well, you recruited Dylan Lonigan for a reason. If it's really not all three of those guys, there's a lot of Alabama fans that'd be happy to see him in the game at some point in time this year. I don't think that'll happen. I'm just saying the talent at Alabama is just that. It's talent. That's why Nick Saban's the greatest of all time because of how he recruits and how he develops. And they win a lot of football games, got a lot of, got a lot of uh, national titles to show for it. Now at Ohio State and Georgia, they could be very comfortable playing any of those guys. I really believe that. I mean, the good people at Dogs HQ told us that Gunnar Stockton and Brock Vandergriff during fall camp at Georgia reminded everybody just how good they were. Brock Vandergriff, a five-star out of high school. Gunnar Stockton, a four-star out of high school. Like, going with the same thing I said about Bama. A lot of talent. Ohio State, they got two five-stars to pick from. You know how many schools across the country would just move heaven and earth to have Devin Brown or Kyle McCord in their locker room as their starting quarterback? Ohio State's like, which one do we want to pick from? <laughs> it's good to be Brian Hartland. It's good to be Ryan Day. So, I think as a whole, week one, if you are concerned about the quarterback position, let's 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 give it a little bit longer. Let's let's sort of hold our breath a little bit here before we scream from the mountaintops that we got a situation that needs fixing when it comes to the quarterback room at Georgia, Ohio State, or Alabama. So that's that. But even so, man, that's gonna be a lot of I keep saying it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm not just saying that to fill time. I'm not just saying that because it's like a filibuster. Like genuinely, week one of college football is like it's it's like early christmas you have real christmas in december and you have early christmas late august early september it's a beautiful thing man and so with that being said now i want to kind of move into what we're juiced about in week one really quickly i'm gonna ask you all this if you could subscribe to this channel we would appreciate that tremendously we're live tuesday wednesday thursday right here this time 11 a.m eastern talking college football only college football subscribe so you don't miss anything Okay, also, if you could like the video, we'd appreciate that. Last thing, follow me on the social handles at JD Paquel, Twitter, X, 
and Instagram. Again, at Jody Paquel. A lot of content we're going to do there. Like I said, giving out betting picks over there on my Instagram. Going to put out a lot of questions on my Twitter to involve y'all into the show as much as possible and hear from y'all. So just want to get that out there. We appreciate you in advance for that. And uh, we'll keep on rolling right along here. So like I was saying earlier in the show, we get accused of sometimes being too positive, which is one, just like a hilarious thing to be accused of being overly energetic and positive about the best thing that exists in the modern era, which is college football. So we don't apologize for that. In that same vein, let's talk about what we're juiced about in week one. Let's talk about what, what kind of gets us going and what we're fired up to see when things really get rolling here. And the first thing I want to talk about is the Texas A&M offense. Because if it is, if it is any version of a system that can capitalize on the talent they have in that locker room, A&M may mess around and win 10 football games, y'all. Bobby Petrino, now calling the offense. Jimbo Fisher, whether he wants to or not, passing the sticks. If they can make good on Evan Stewart, Connor Wegman, Anaya Smith, Moose Muhammad, like we go down the line here, it is an embarrassment of riches. And the defense is pretty good. Defense was pretty good last year statistically. So if they have the offense to go with it, We'll get a good litmus test in week one. We don't get an absolute answer. We get a, you know, a temperature in week one. There, there could be some real, uh, some real fireworks coming out of College Station, Texas. And I know that would be something that good people over at Texags and the good people in Bryan College Station would love to see. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. We talk only college football right here. We want y'all a part of this now, okay? No more time for us to be messing around with other sports that we don't really have a ton of interest in. It's college football. It's only college football right here. So make sure you're subscribed. Thank you so much in advance for that. Now, here's the other thing that's going to be fun, man. A lot of these teams early on outside of like LSU, Florida State, outside of South Carolina, North Carolina, there's a fair amount of games here where you look at the matchup, you say, yeah, Joe Milton probably should be chilling on the sideline with some Gatorade by the fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't know if I want Dylan Gabriel playing in the second half of that one. So we get a, an early look into the quarterbacks of the future, the quarterbacks of tomorrow. A lot of guys that Charles Power, director of scouting and rankings here at On3, was really high on coming out. And there's some freshmen now that can deal that I hope we get to see in some limited action. Will it be vanilla? Of course. Will it be a lot of deep shots down the field? Probably not. But even so, man, the number one player in the country for us here at On3, Nico Iamaliava. I expect him to get some burned against Virginia. Because remember, you, you can appear in four games and still keep that red shirt, which I think Tennessee, you, you would imagine they would want to do, but we'll see. I want to see what he looks like against Virginia. Jackson Arnold, absolute dog at the high school level. Played at a really high uh, level at uh, in, in the state of Texas, rather, at Denton Geyer. They play Arkansas State as Oklahoma. He should get in the game. He was dealing in that spring game, man. The dude can absolutely deal the football. What does he look like? Dante Moore against Coastal Carolina. Does he get in the game? There was conversation around him being the, the guy out of camp. I'm pretty sure he's going to be the guy at some point this season. Now when? I don't know. But what does he look like against Coastal Carolina? I hope he gets in the game. And probably the most anticipated individual we're watching, Arch Manning. Texas plays Rice. I'll just leave it at that. Texas plays Rice. Hopefully we see number 16 in the football game. And when we do, a lot of... Uh, a lot of tweets coming your way. A lot of social media posts coming your way from every other outlet wanting to just over-magnify whatever he does in that game. If he throws an incompletion, you'll see about it. If he throws a touchdown, you'll see it. I just want to see the dude in a, in a real college game, not just a spring game. So all of those guys, that's not an exhaustive list, but just seeing the quarterbacks of the future is going to be fun because those individuals and more that we haven't named are going to determine what the national title race looks like in the future. Now, how soon in the future, I don't know, but I'm just saying those are names to know. Would love to get a peek at them in week one. Now, a, a name that we're all going to know here pretty soon, if you don't already, is Drew Aller. Drew Aller, five-star quarterback out of high school, tons of ability. We had James Franklin on this very show, the head coach at Penn State, and he pretty much told us, like, yeah, dude can make every throw in the book. He's more mobile than people think. We're excited about him, was the sentiment of what he communicated. And Penn State, they play West Virginia. So no shade to Oklahoma playing Arkansas State, but, I mean, they play a Power 5 opponent from the Big 12 Conference. And so when it comes to what Penn State's going to be in 2023, 
every opinion that's positive about Penn State sounds somewhat similar in the sense that, well, Drew Aller is going to take the offense to new heights. Well, we've seen what it was with Sean Clifford, but what is it with Drew Aller? And I don't think that's unfair because we know this roster at Penn State with a quarterback that will be a game manager for you and make the right play, make the good play. They're a 10 and 2 football team. Can they get over the hump and beat Michigan and Ohio State? Well, that's where Drew Aller comes into play. People that have Penn State in the college football playoff, they have them there because of Drew Aller and because of what they think he's going to be. And I don't expect him to go out week one and you know put himself at the top of the Heisman Trophy race, which again, we don't really believe in that to begin with. But you hear what I'm saying? If Drew Aller doesn't go out and throw for 400 yards, that's okay. But I'm just excited to get a good measuring stick for where he's at. I hope they open it up. I hope he's dropping bombs to Keandre Lambert-Smith, and I hope that he's just absolutely in command of that offense, and we get to see them really rev the engine. But Drew Aller is is someone I'm watching very closely in Week 1 because of what it could mean to the college football playoff race. Penn State now making this a very real three-team race in the Big Ten. Four if you count Wisconsin. Watch that. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to tell us a lot about what we want to know when it comes to the entirety of the college football landscape. Now, the big thing here, we got five days of college football. From tonight, with Florida at Utah and a myriad of other games, and then tomorrow we got the Battle of the Miamis. We got Louisville and Georgia Tech and Atlanta. Saturday is what Saturday is. We're so glad to have fall Saturdays back, like seeing an old friend. And then Sunday, we got LSU, Florida State. Monday, we got Clemson at Duke. Very, very crucial here. We have this on the list for a reason. We got really good stretch of five days of ball in front of us, counting today. It's time to dial in mentally, all right? It's time for us to start to you know, get our stamina back to watching so many games in a row. Some of y'all have been watching full game reruns on YouTube. And to y'all that do that, we salute you and we appreciate you being a part of this operation because if you watch full games on YouTube, you're probably watching this show right now because you're an absolute junkie for the sport. So thank you. Time to dial in. Five good days of college football ahead of us. Let's attack it now. Let's attack it as a group, attack it as a program. We'll make sure we, uh, we talk about it on the other side and throughout as well right here on the On3 YouTube channel. Now, this to me is just poetry when it, when it comes to college football being back. College football being back means college game day is back. And how I know we're really back is that first Reese Davis monologue over hundreds of screaming fans saying something cool in a poetic fashion that lets me know, okay, Saturday's here. Game day's here, Saturday's here. Are they on a campus this week? No, they're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Do I care? Absolutely not. Going to be a great game. Going to be probably an electric atmosphere. And that Reese Davis monologue, man, it just hits different every single time. This morning here in Nashville, right around 65 degrees, I think, when I got up this morning, got out the door, I was like, yep, only thing missing now. I got, I got all the feels. I got the temperature I need. That Reese Davis monologue in my eardrums, that's how I know we're ready to roll. All right? So a lot to be excited about. We're juiced for week one. You're juiced for week one. Let's lock and load, baby. Time for some college football. Let's get after it, baby. And uh, right now, we're about to go to some of y'all's questions, okay? So get in the chat. Get in the queue. Get after it. We got Nick Brake. Best producer in the game holding it down. About to be on here in just a second. We'll unpack some of your questions. But I want to make sure y'all know here, we have another phenomenal partner bringing us the hard count today. And that's the good people at Roback. And Roback, man, if, I'll, I'll just say this right now. 20% off your first purchase if you redeem code JD at checkout. And you're going to want to redeem code JD at checkout because they take care of you and they have phenomenal stuff. But even more, I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. We were doing this show in a lobby, a makeshift lobby from an apartment in Waco, Texas, not that long ago. And even so, at that point in time, looking for sponsors, looking for people that will you know, help be a part of the operation. And Roback was one of the first, one of the only companies to get back to us. And they sent a ton of gear to me. Again, th this is when the show was like pretty much like in its infancy. Sent a bunch of cool gear. And it is just, I'm telling you, for fall, it is crucial. Polos, hoodies, got joggers. They got nice dry fit t-shirts. When you go work out, this is what you want to be wearing, Okay. When it comes to like this crisp fall weather, the hoodies are a go-to. I'm telling you right now, guys, do not give them to your wives. You will not get them back. I know from personal experience, and that's a good thing because you use code JD at checkout. You can get, you know, 
couple of those for a good deal with 20% off your first purchase. Now, they have phenomenal stuff for game day. Okay, this is important here. Destination and state collection, second to none. For the good people here in Tennessee, they have the 10 polo, which is like kind of a Tennessee colored orange polo, really nice, breathable for game day. So you're out of your tailgate. You're not getting too hot and sweaty. It's a good deal. They're one of us, all right? They're one of us. They are a brand that's not just supporting the hard count. They're in the trenches with us. They're college football fans, college football people bringing you a product that you can enjoy and that you like. So I'm not just saying that to say that. I'm saying that because they're a brand that I trust, that I believe in, and that we've worked with before, fired up for them to be working with us now and, and bringing y'all the hard count. So big shouts to Roback. We appreciate them. Let's lock and load, baby. Bringing on now the keeper of the queue, heavy lifter, Nick Brake. Nick, you a Roback guy, man? I feel like you would look good in some Roback. When they sent us the stuff uh, last year, I, I have those shirts and I wear those. And but you look good. Dude. You look real good. Yeah. Honestly, I, I can't even tell you what I wear mostly. It's just random random button-ups that I'm gifted. They got that, too. They got some sweet polos, yeah, too. They do. Yeah, what, they uh, do. What do we got in the chat, Big Nick? Um, well, Triple A uh, came back to ask this question, as I hoped he would, or they would, I don't um, said, is Decorian Clark and Joshua Cephas of UTSA the best wide receiver duo for a group of five school in college football? So they lost Zachary Franklin to Ole Miss. So there, there's that part of it. Are they the best group of five receiving core? I don't know. We'd have to dig a little bit deeper on that. But I will say this. They probably have the best quarterback in group of five that nobody talks about. One of the best quarterbacks in college football nobody's talking about. And Frank Harris, great runner, great passer. If you're high on UTSA, you're high on them because of what he does for you at the quarterback position. So best receiving core, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. I want to see a little bit more of a, of a this year sample size from that group. But yeah, Nick, let's... Uh, Let's wait and see on our answer. But I love Frank Harris, man. I'll say that much when it comes to UTSA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good question here from Jonathan Rayfield. Talking about a big game tonight. I'm not talking about Florida-Utah, J.D. Can Matt Rule outcoach P.J. tonight and win by a slim margin? What are the chances? Who do you have? And are you going to be watching? We'll be watching 1 million percent. Absolutely. The question there, I think, is a good one. Can he outcoach him? Very much so possible. My concern is the roster at Nebraska, what they did through the portal, trying to get that to where they need it to be, and what Minnesota has had developed for so long. I'm picking I'm taking, I'm, excuse me. I'm picking Minnesota in this game. By the time you listen to this podcast, we are either right or wrong, potentially, if you're listening on a Friday. So hopefully we're right at this point. I think Minnesota wins. I don't think they cover. I think they're somewhere around a touchdown favorite last I checked. I don't think they cover. I think you watch Nebraska and you say, hmm, that's going somewhere. Hmm, they have a good quarterback in Jeff Sims. But I think Minnesota, there's so much that's been built there. They have some new pieces too. No Muhammad Ibrahim, no Tanner Morgan. So there's, there's new pieces they're breaking in. But I think what they've built over the time that he's been there, Matt Rule's in year one. PJ Flex has been there for a while. So I'm going to take the experience here, Nick, with Minnesota. But I think Nebraska, I've talked about it before, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in Nebraska. I'm a believer in Matt Rule, and I think they're a team that makes a bowl game this year, but I don't think they get their first win today. It is what it is. So we'll see if we're right when those back to the podcast. Man, okay. This next question coming from Slade Swan. JD, if things go, early at, if things go south early at West Virginia and Neil Brown gets the boot, how attra attractive is that job moving into the new Big 12? I think and it's as attractive as what it's competing with. And what I mean by that is I would wait and see a little bit what other jobs become available. But if you're just saying in a vacuum, how attractive is the West Virginia job with the tectonic plates shifting around the college football landscape? He mentioned it like, hey, there's a new Big 12 now and the Big 12 from where I'm standing is maybe they're not at the top of the mountain. Maybe they're not the, the SEC and the Big 10 and that's okay. But to the exact same token, they're going to be invited to the dance. They're not getting left out in the cold like the Pac-12 is, and we'll see what happens with the group of five and all that. Like, I'm, I'm still, I think, trusting where the Big 12 is at. And so in that way, I think that job is attractive. Now, again, going back to what I was saying a second ago, your value is dictated by the market. So if another high-profile job becomes available, that would start to maybe shift the value of it. But, I mean, in a vacuum, yeah, like you said, Nick, like, like the question says, West Virginia being in the Big 12, Big 12's in a good spot right now to be relevant in the future college football landscape. So that could be attractive. 
Um, so JD uh, Slater also included like what's kind of some sneaky hires. It says Zach Kitley at Texas Tech, mm. Garrett Riley. I think Zach Kitley. Those are the two I was about to say. Woo! Those are the two. I mean, the, you know, I like him. It's a matter of time before he's a head coach. I really believe that, dude. Isn't that amazing? It's, I mean, dude, hey, the Hilltopper, baby. But it haunts me, man. You should have just said, "Oh, hey, why don't we just appoint Zach Kitley head coach?" You make know? can can they get him back? Can, can the Hilltoppers get him back to Western Kentucky and make him the guy? No. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. No. We'll see. But that that just amazes me that it could even be three, just three years removed from an OC job in Conference USA, and you're a head coach of a Power Five team. And they dial it up too, Bailey Zappi. Oh, yeah. What they were doing. I mean, he was like he was setting records. And I, I think Nick, we talked about it here too. Week two, Oregon comes to Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Zach Kitley calling the offense. We'll, we'll see what happens after week one. But that's that's one that uh, we're definitely going to pick on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they look like. Tyler Shuck, the yep. on the rock. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yep. I, I like both those. I mean, those were the two I was going to say legitimately. So maybe maybe Manny Diaz goes back and gets a head coaching job somewhere with what he's done with Penn State, but. I mean, I, I really believe that Garrett Riley and um, Zach Kitley are, are both just head coaches waiting to, to happen. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after. I don't know. But they're going to be head coaches at some point in time. Um, so, J.D., have a, we got two more questions. That sounds is that great. Good? Well, one of these is going to mention Garrett Riley, and I think this is a good question from Cowbunga Collectibles. How much does losing Garrett Riley going to affect TCU's offense? Forget Max Duggan. What about Garrett Riley, J.D.? The system will definitely be a little bit different not wholesale different but it will be a touch different Kendall Bryles now calling the offense for TCU and the thing I love about Kendall Bryles he's gonna dictate the offense based on what he has personnel wise like we saw when he was at Baylor they were high flying they were throwing the rock around they were a little bit more spread out goes to Arkansas he's like okay I got a quarterback that is an absolute grown man running the football we got a really good offensive line let's let's pound the rock here so I think the offense will be dictated by the personnel, which is what all good offensive coordinators do. Chandler Morris, I think, is a unique, I don't want to say blend of, of K.J. Jefferson and Max Duggan because that's not true, but dude can play some football. He's a dual threat. Lincoln Riley wanted him at Oklahoma. He was at Oklahoma for a period of time. Um, so just keep an eye on that. Keep, keep an eye on how that develops. I think they will be still a, a pretty up-tempo team. They'll still be in that spread kind of, arena so not, not not a wild change but under Chandler Morris I think is the is the bigger differentiator from last year to this year and you said throughout Max Duggan so we're doing that but I still think Chandler Morris is, is a a factor in how that offense is called if that makes sense Nick makes sense to me man Get crazy man back on screen it's crazy. okay one more question how's that I love it brother okay let me look for one Jed do you want to say anything you want to tell yeah man I mean well hey we're we're Tuesday Wednesday Thursday over here 11 a.m. Eastern. And for those of y'all that listen on podcast, we appreciate y'all locking in because if you can't make the live show at 11 a.m. Eastern on those days, we understand you got a lot on your plate, but you're saying, you know what? I wasn't able to make the live show, but I'm still a part of this program. It's still important to me. It's still college football season. They love this sport. We love the sport. Let's put it together. Thank you for being a part of this. And if you haven't yet subscribed to this channel, would encourage you to do so. Tons of great content on here. Andy Staples on three has got a podcast that's nearly every single night that premieres on this YouTube show. They're live on this YouTube show. Make sure you're locked in. All things college football, going to take care of you here. Also on three recruits, another YouTube channel, Josh Newberg of the Inside Scoop. Tons of intel. I mean, recruiting is the lifeblood of college football, so go subscribe over there as well. So a couple of things we're asking the people to do, but we appreciate y'all doing it. We appreciate y'all meeting the, uh, the call to action for college football season, man. Best audience in college football yeah and before i ask this last question a reminder i i said in the chat but just in case you missed it i'm going to start doing the thing where instead of doing the ask jd uh at on three on here because it lights up and it's a little bit easier to find in the chat as more folks are in here that's mm. a good way to get your question seen fastest uh this last question from jf or j flow 11 Who's the best college football team of all time heading into week one, J.D.? Whoa. What a, what a bomb before we leave. It is. Jeez. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that right now. But, Nick, thank you, brother. You're the absolute man, gentleman and a scholar. Thank you for doing this and, and holding it down back there uh, with the live production that this is. Appreciate you, big dog. See you Tuesday. We'll see you, hey, we'll see you Sunday. Sunday Sunday sprint and then live on Tuesday. How's Beautiful. that? Beautiful. That sounds phenomenal. Appreciate you, Nick. Nick break again.
best in the game, five-star plus. Any adjective you want to throw that way, very, very fortunate to have him part of this team. So to answer this question, th there's no right answer here. Like, I'll just get ahead of this and say that. There's no right answer here. Whatever we say, we're probably wrong. The team that's probably the best in most recent history, so I'm going to say this answer, I think LSU, with what they were with Joe Burrow, you get the, like, hyperbolic, oh, they got to score 50 a game to win thrown out there a lot. Like, they legitimately scored 50 a game or right around 50 a game, which is nothing short of, like, NCAA football road to glory kind of mode. So I'm going to say LSU because of what they did in that season, also because of the NFL talent that they produced from that team. So there's not a right answer. If you could throw, you could throw Miami in there, throw Nebraska in there, and, and those are all probably fair and correct answers as well. But bottom line, uh, in terms of recent history, I'll go ahead and say LSU. Again, thank you all for tuning in. This is an absolute blast to be able to do this with y'all on a three-time-a-week basis. Nick said this before we got out, but if you're listening on podcast and you want to know, hey, what do they think about what happened on the games on Saturday? I want to know their immediate thoughts before we get to Tuesday, before we get to Monday. Sunday morning, early as can be, we have got tons and tons of content right here on this YouTube channel, but we don't do a live show. We do it more in bite-sized segments. So if you're a fan of LSU, and you want to find, well, that's a bad example because they're playing on Sunday. If you're a fan of South Carolina and you want to know about your team and what they did that Saturday, Sunday, you're not going to find it in the podcast feed. You got to come to the YouTube channel and watch what we have to say about Spencer Rattler and what he did against North Carolina. So just to make sure that's clear, Sunday, we have a sprint with content. It's not going to be on the podcast platform. It's going to be on the YouTube platform. It's going to be early on Sunday. We get rolling and rocking. And we do it because there's a demand from y'all and we're fortunate to have supply. So again, we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Make sure you subscribe before you get out of here. I'm JD Pakel, Nick Bray, holding it down on the ones and twos. We're going to keep this party rolling. We will see y'all next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.